0: Old Man Noises. You were one month in a lifetime. (laughs) Yay, do more.
1: Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the twice weekly show about a show that might just be too beautiful to live. In Dallas, Texas, I'm your stone cold sober host, Meredith All the Way Mahan. And joining me today from the Stick A Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota is our very own Ann Lunholm. Hi, Ann.
0: Also stone cold sober.
1: (laughs) And since Mike made it very clear that two lady scientists can't be trusted to podcast without a male chaperone, (laughs) joining us all the way from Pawtucket, Rhode Island, it's Bobby Pape. Hi, Bobby.
2: Hello, no promises on sobriety. <laughs> oh
1: boy, it's nine ten thirty in the morning there, huh? All right. Um, so, of course, today is your Monday recap of last week's TVTL. We're going to talk about some business, cover the week in review, take care of some housekeeping, and let you know how to get involved with the show. Um, so let's start out with our must-discuss um, First and foremost, you have to go listen to Friday's show if you haven't. We broke tradition and we allowed producer Jeremy to speak on a microphone in order to re- recap he and Christie's wedding reception week, which also found both Bobby and I and our respective spouses riding around the Pacific Northwest in <laughs> gas-guzzling Jeeps and in some cases getting high. It was a really fun show. It wasn't exactly the dumpster fire you'd expect when you've got five people on microphones together. Um, so if you haven't listened to it, definitely go do that it was so
0: good it was
2: yeah uh and we also had a note from christy um we mentioned on the friday show the jesus drinking game from the toasts uh where we all took a sip every time jeremy's parents referenced god in their wedding toast (laughs) um credit for that idea the hat tip goes back to jessica For that drinking game, uh, Jeremy's sister. So thank you, Jessica, for inspiring all of us to the point where Christy needed a refill. (laughs) During the
1: speeches, (laughs) yes. (laughs) That was so awesome. Um, In other news, we haven't really asked for straight up donations, but they're kind of rolling in. um, And we want to thank you guys. Um, Colleen gave us an Amazon gift card. And Louise Bradbury, for, Bradbury from Edmonton, Alberta, gave us a donation as well. And so thank you, ladies, very much. It's our first Canadian donor.
2: Yes. Too. And thank you for donating in American dollars. It makes our yes. life a lot easier.
1: <laughs> That's a lot in Canadian dollars, too.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a lot of butter tarts. Yep. Uh, and how's the jam tracker? Oh, let me click on over to the jam tracker. I feel like the Jam Tracker needs a sponsor. It sounds like the AccuWeather forecast.
0: (laughs) The Smucker's Jam Tracker? I love it! So... Let's go for fiscal year 2017. Fiscal year 2017 is uh, July 1st through June 30th. That's how we're doing it, because that's how the University of Minnesota does it, so I can remember it.
2: Kevin, farewell. If you're listening, we understand that that's not actually necessarily our fiscal year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Shh, That's the way I'm thinking about it. So since July 1st, we have received donations that will get us out of 20 jams. Wow, which is amazing. Which works out to three and a third jam per person, uh, and that is <laughs> including Jeremy. I thought I thought we would do LRB hosts, but then I thought, no, Jeremy definitely needs to get in a share of
2: this jam money. So three I think that's third. fair because he's proven his ability to get into jams.
0: <laughs> yes, and I may not use all of mine. Unless there's a, you know a butter shortage in the stick of butter studios, but um, so and mine are are up for grabs if anybody needs an extra one. But I think that that should hold us in jams for a, a couple of weeks,
2: months. Well, you know, I'm heading to Texas soon, so I'm I, I'm ready for my jams. <laughs> We're going to need some jam
0: allotment
1: yeah. for that trip,
0: I think, Anne. <laughs>
2: So that's wonderful. And thank you so much, everybody. Mm-hmm. I like this economy where we can swap jams like like carbon credits. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think we can allocate them where they're needed. I yeah. think that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It should even out in the end. <laughs> sure. And I understand you have to talk
0: about last week's recap. Yes. During last week's recap, uh, Mike challenged Sean's remembrance of the uh, 100 push-up challenge. And Sean was uh, talking about it in relation to his push-up contest with listener Nikki. And Mike said he thought that that wasn't correct. They were not connected. And I agreed. And Mike said, somebody go back and check that out. So, of course, I did. And uh, number one, Mike is correct. The 100 push-up challenge was much later than the Battle of Beast Lake. And two, Bobby, you were correct that somebody needs to submit that so that we can do an episode on it (laughs) Mm -hmm. because it was great so i'm gonna give everybody a tip uh that episode was march 31st of 2008 hour two it's in the um it's on the infinite guest site in fact it's right there on the top of the page for march 2008 so somebody submit it and even if you think ah, oh, somebody will probably already submit it do it anyway and say how much you love mike's prison stories and you might be the one who gets picked to talk about it mm-hmm. and ann's already done most of the work for you so. yeah. I- <laughs> yes <laughs> all right
1: next up in our news bobby's coming to texas so we're gonna do a meetup in dallas
2: at the end of his trip right that's right uh, I will have been there for a week at that point, so if I'm not completely dehydrated and sunburned, <laughs> I will have a blast at uh, at your home, Meredith. Yes, that's right. We're pretty much your, planning on it. All of your various animals.
1: Yeah, you guys get to meet Eddie, you get to meet Molly, you get to meet Steven, uh, and the other ones. <laughs> um <laughs> And Duff is really excited about this of course because he loves to have parties and he loves to barbecue, so he's going to he's got like a huge menu planned
2: out, so you guys better bring your stretchy pants. The steaks have already been picked out for aging for yes. this party which is still two weeks away.
1: You gotta do thirty day dry aged. That's the only way to to yeah. go.
2: Well so. it didn't come to Texas for nothing. That's right.
1: That's what you do here. Uh, so our meetup is friday august 26th at seven thirty p.m central time i will put my address on the facebook event which is in the dallas text tens facebook page
2: all right come on out guys uh please rsvp uh oh i can't believe i just said that please an <laughs> rsvp is very redundant <laughs> Uh, R S V P on the uh, event, just so we know you're coming, and so that when you show up, we don't think you're just a weirdo. I mean, you can still be a weirdo, but we want to know you're coming. We also
1: want to know how many stakes to get; those things aren't cheap. Yeah,
2: exactly. All right,
1: on to our week in review.
2: Yeah, and I'll start it. We'll start with Monday, episode twenty one eighty, Chekhov's motorcycle. Uh, and before we even get into the episode, I want to hit the ground running with the intro because the intro features the clip of Billy Bob Thornton going off on Gian Gomeshi when Gian tries to ask him about uh, his uh, acting career in an interview (laughs) that was only supposed to be about his music. And my question is, I thought we had put a moratorium on liking Gian Gomeshi, and so I was surprised to hear him in the intro clip. Maybe it's just because it's an old one, or maybe it's because we've decided we can grandfather, like it's a fair use thing, we can still enjoy that little moment. Um, But I was surprised to hear it. Uh, and I say this as someone who, who, in my formative early high school years, loved Gian Gomeshi's band, Moxie Fruvis. So that's a shout out for Mike McCauley. He's the only other person I know who is aware of Moxie Fruvis. I know Moxie Fruvis. Oh, well, you know what it is? Because you grew up close Absolutely. enough to Canada. <laughs> Anyone who... Uh, well, and actually, Meredith, maybe from your Detroit days, I don't know, but you had real yeah, music. No, it
1: doesn't ring a bell.
2: That's okay. Yeah,
1: like ICP, sure.
2: Yeah. Well, and, you know, spaghetti. So right uh uh yeah so i have a really complicated relationship with gian gomeshi uh because on one hand i love the goofy music of canadian 90s greatness but on the other hand he's a douchebag
1: yeah i have very different feelings about that clip now because i used to just think billy bob was being a total dick and Mm -hmm. now i'm kind of like well
2: (laughs) who's worse here (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) uh but anyway i don't want to start the tone of the whole week with that i was just surprised it was in there uh Stubot, uh is guest hosting or guest co-hosting from the Granite City, uh, and Celia went for her senior pictures. And this led to a whole conversation about the, the the business of being a senior between Senior Pictures and Justin's Rings, which Anne is apparently a local company. It is a local company, and I had no idea of that. I did not get my senior high school ring. I regret. Well, I don't wear jewelry. I actually even will occasionally go a day or two without wearing my wedding band. I think we've discussed that before. Mm-hmm. I don't wear a watch. Um, I don't wear any kind of chain or necklace or, you know, no, no gaudy cross, even though I would love to flaunt my uh, distant Italian heritage. <laughs> but um, uh, I've thought about getting my college ring just because I think it would be a fun thing to have, but I can't imagine ever wearing it.
1: I never got either, and I don't have any desire to.
0: No, I don't think I formed enough of a bond with my schools. I mean, mostly by the time the end arrived, I was like, get me the hell out of here. I I don't (laughs) really need to look back with fond remembrance of the good old days because they weren't that great.
2: Yeah. uh, We were recently, uh, this actually led to a lot of people in our online chats posting their various senior pictures and similar era pictures. Mm -hmm. I went looking for my senior pictures and couldn't find them. I know they're around here somewhere, but I did find my yearbook. And um, yeah, I really have almost no fond memories (laughs) from the Webster Schrader class of 2004.
1: I switched high schools in 11th grade. So I finished 11th and 12th at a different school that I just really didn't like. So I have my middle school and early high school yearbooks, but I don't have any from the last two years, which includes my senior photo. And I did that totally because I was, I kind of had to. I, I took one, you know, set of pictures, one outfit, one's pose, like, okay, that's enough. Get me out of here. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I even have any extra copies of
2: that photo. Uh, I've told people recently it took me 30 years to find a good haircut. So even though <laughs> I don't know where my senior pictures are, I know exactly what they look like. I remember them very vividly. I have sort of my bangs cut straight across and no beard. Which is scary. I mean, I was 18, but still, uh, I look so much different without it. And there's one where I'm standing next to a little tree and I'm wearing like a big rugby, rugby stripe polo shirt and khakis. <laughs> and then there's one where I think I'm wearing all black and I'm standing on like a black background with splatters of paint on it or something. And I'm looking wow. kind of moody, <laughs> which was not my actual attitude, but I took it because I saw the backdrop and I thought it would be funny. And that's about it. Um, And there's one where I have like my arms crossed, um, leaning on something like I just uh, solved the case and the game is over. (laughs) You have to find these. I will dig. I will try. Uh, I think Sam has one of them somewhere. Um, But uh, yeah, I, I went out a little bit, but and then I went to college and completely immediately forgot about them and moved on with my life.
0: Kinda of sounds like you what you should do with high
2: school. Right. <laughs> um, and you could get the ring for your current employer.
0: I guess I could if I wanted to. <laughs> Aren't they like several hundred dollars?
2: I think I so. Don't know. Yeah. I think they are. I, I, I remember them being ungodly expensive as a very poor high school senior. Yeah, same. That that I would just never even consider buying one then.
1: No, me
2: neither. (laughs) On to the Olympics, we get a full roundup of stews since, you know, sports isn't part of his wheelhouse, including but not limited to hickeys from cupping, Um, the abundant number of condoms in the athlete's village, which is always a fun conversation for the Olympics, and the fact that the men's basketball team is living on a cruise ship docked outside (laughs) (laughs) – Of everything, um, of course they are because it's a team made up of uber-rich people. <laughs> right?
0: Do you suppose that they um, they pitch into that? They pay it for that out of their own pockets, or I don't know who's the governing body there—the Olympic
2: basketball program. Do, do they pay for that? Yeah, I have no idea. Have but no idea. something tells me if they had to pass the hat, it wouldn't be a big deal. No. <laughs> Uh, But this led to a real conversation that I wanted to get into about um, if you uh, had to play an Olympic sport tomorrow, if you were quantum leapt into uh, an Olympic athlete, uh, what sport would you want to fall into? Assuming that your goal is to make the least amount of an ass of yourself as possible, (laughs) because I don't think anyone expects that you would automatically succeed at one of these sports. But um, Andrew talks about quantum. They, Andrew and Stu talk about curling, and later in the week they talk about other sports. I would like to pose this question to the three of us, but do you want to do this now or do you want to do it on Tuesday when Phyllis answers?
1: Oh, because they take a test on Tuesday.
2: Right. A bullshit test.
1: A bullshit test. <laughs> well, those are two different things. Did you guys take that test? I did. No, I did not. I did too. Ah, I feel Let's Save out it. Now. <laughs> okay.
2: Uh, uh, and I see you have a note about cupping.
0: Oh, yes. Uh, I wanted to bring up, because we got into uh, a cupping thread on the Stens page, and um, not that kind of cupping, Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I wanted to mention another uh, podcast, which I'm certain that Meredith knows about. Uh, Andrew talks about the podcast My Brother, My Brother, and Me every once in a while that he really likes. And I know Meredith listens to it because I heard them read... Something that you submitted once. You did? Meredith in Dallas. And I was like, no, they said Meredith Mahan. I was like, I know her. (laughs) I mean, it was before I knew you, but still. So do you listen to Sawbones at all? Of course I do. And I listened to the cupping episode last night. Yes, so the oldest brother in the My Brother and My Brother and Me trio does another podcast called called sawbones his wife is a medical doctor and they covered cupping on this last week's episode and it was extremely informative and interesting mm-hmm. and um i won't say cupping is bullshit but i will say that uh there is no evidence in any reputable medical study that it actually has any medical effect so- i'll take that bullet it's bullshit <laughs> <laughs> but- if people are interested about the weird hickeys that Michael Phelps had, go listen to Sawbones in the cupping episode. It was great. And it's a great Mm -hmm. podcast. It is. It is.
2: I will endorse. I've not heard Sawbones, um, but I'm very familiar with the work of uh, the the brothers. And I've heard My Brother, My Brother and Me several times. uh, And it is very good. It's one of those things where it's a podcast I like. And it will end up in my feed, and then it'll build up because I'm too busy to get to it, and then I will have to get rid of it because it's too much.
1: (laughs) It's one for me that is must-listen, so it's first thing Monday after, of course, I listen to LRB. Of course. um, I listen to My Brother, My Brother, and Me.
2: On to our top story for Monday. uh, Philly, please stop swimming in dumpsters.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love the tone of that press release (laughs) so much. (laughs) That person was just done.
2: Yep. I like that the guys, I don't know, maybe the guys were thinking like the smaller dumpsters, like the kind Sean Detour keeps outside his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they mean like the truck size ones that you get dropped off at job sites. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I like the idea they think that people are stealing these dumpsters as if they, you could possibly move them. <laughs> Uh, but still, uh, good advice. That's all I really have to say about that. That's good advice. Don't swim in dumpsters. No, that's so gross. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the other big news story, um, the creepy-ass Lucille Ball statue in Celeron, New York, not far south of Buffalo, uh, has been replaced with a new, significantly less creepy statue of Lucy.
0: I wonder what they did with the old one. I thought it was the same one, but they just fixed it.
2: Oh, really? Really? I thought it was a new one. I didn't, I'll didn't. i admit, I didn't really read any of the articles. I just sort of went on the headlines. Yeah.
0: Well, that's just my sense. I guess I don't have any actual knowledge that that's the way it went.
2: Uh, I have to think that there's a place where old statues go to die when they've been rolled out. Like, there's a Joe Paterno statue that had to be taken down from Penn State because <laughs> he's a creeper. <laughs> and somewhere, there's just the Joe Pa statue and the old Lucy statue. <laughs> Yikes. They're all just, you know, there's a central location somewhere. It's like that mountain where they put all the nuclear waste.
1: Right. (laughs) Just all these horrifying statues grimacing at each other for all of eternity.
2: It's Mm. just statue hell. Mm -hmm. And with that, we'll go on to Andrew having lower standards for movies. I have not seen the new Star Wars um, because it looked pretty terrible.
0: Star Wars or Star Trek?
2: Star Trek. I'm sorry. um, They're not the same thing
0: my understanding is no they are not the same thing
2: star trek i have not seen the new star trek i did see the new star wars last winter and it was spectacular one Uh, of them has chris pine and that makes all the difference to me uh and please elaborate
0: i just i just like chris pine that's all enjoy watching him what i'm a single lady
2: i i'm not judging do you know which
1: one it is though because i don't which one is a Chris Pine no which movie which is it the
2: track or the wars
1: oh it's, <laughs> it has it's, chris
2: pine it's track it 's star trek <laughs> Okay, it 's a new star trek um, the the trailer just rolled out for the new Star Wars, which is in the I think I saw a tweet from Mike Pesca that says in the chronology of Star Wars, this will make it star wars three point seven five yes this
0: the new upcoming one is not part of the current trilogy
2: it 's a one off prequel sort of right hmm. yeah it's um it's a moneymaker is what it it's is It's all
0: getting so complicated
2: <laughs> I know. uh my standards for movies have not lowered like andrews maybe i just need to age a few more years but my problem is we'll sit around and want to go out to a movie and i'll pull up everything that's currently showing and i'll scroll through the whole list and just have no interest in seeing any of mm-hmm. them And it's not that I'm a snob. I don't want to see... What does Andrew always describe it as? A black and white film of a clown cracking an egg and dust comes out. (laughs) And then it says (laughs) fiend. I don't want to see that either. But I just have zero interest in seeing any popular movies. We're going to see Sausage Party later today. (laughs) Speaking of Chris Pine.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know what my takeaway from this movie talk was... That Andrew talks through movies. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Which is, I guess, okay if you're going to a shitty movie. <laughs> no, it's not. Nope. Well, no. It's never okay. No one should do that in the theater. That's why I watch movies at home. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's why I, I don't go to movies with my mother anymore because she'll talk through the movie and then I'll say, Mom, shh, no talk. And then she once said to me, I can talk if I want to. Nobody cares, Anne.
2: Oh, boy, no. that's not true. Everybody cares. Everybody
0: cares. This is why I only go to the
1: Alamo Draft House anymore, because you can kick people out for talking.
2: <laughs> oh, I want to check that place. I've never been to that setup for a movie theater before.
1: Oh, it's awesome. I'll there's th- one, I mean, there's-, there's one right by my place, but you'll be closer to several, too.
2: Yeah, and also, I want to put a call out. This is just where I use Little Red Bandwagon to be my secretary. Um, in the year plus we've been doing the show, um, I have oftentimes not seen a movie that gets referenced and everyone tells me I have to see it almost as often (laughs) as it happens with TV shows. Uh, If anyone can remember a movie I was supposed to see but haven't seen, please send it to me because part of this week off that I'm taking, um, the internet situation's a little sketchy uh, in the condo in Texas, so I'm planning on pre-downloading some movies.
1: That's Um,
2: smart. And I would like to... um, I'm going to hotspot my phone, too, but... Um, I'm going to have some some entertainment ready as a backup, and so I'm thinking about setting up some time to watch all the movies that everyone said I was supposed to watch. Um, so if you think of any, post them on the page or send them to us, and uh, I'll try to get them on the list. No promises that I'll actually watch them, but I'll try. We're still in Monday. Yes. Song <laughs> uh, so of the Summer update. I don't think we should do the bracket because by the time this airs, the next bracket will be coming out. All I want to mention about Song of the Summer is that uh, Stu does an excellent Top 40 FM radio voice. Yes, It was so great. I want him to do promos for LRB. (laughs) Stu, hit us up. Uh, On to Andrew trying to identify a song that doesn't exist. Uh, (laughs) See if I can. You were my once in a lifetime. That was great. Uh, Excellent. Well, Ann, you did it in the pre-roll and it was even better, but <laughs> more on that later in the week. That's just the teaser. Um, some voicemails, I'll voicemail in an email. First, a voicemail from a listener who cannot find a Heggie's pizza, uh, which is heartache. If you go to Heggie's website and ask where to find it, it's just an entire picture of your state, Ann. Mm-hmm. Like a like a cartoon outline, and then it says seriously, call us if you're not sure. So, <laughs> that listener, if you're listening to this, go to the Heggie's website. There's a number you can call to ask where to find the closest Heggies. Uh, uh, we get an email saying if you want Canadian Olympic coverage, watch C which is funny because it's got the word <laughs> butt in it. <laughs> I laughed at it. Yep. <laughs> and we wrap Monday uh, with Stu, just reminding Aaron Mason uh, that Stu was better than Aaron Mason.
0: <laughs> I loved that Stu was throwing shade at Mason for this whole episode yep. off and on.
1: <laughs> oh, you guys, he Also, they, we got a shout out on Monday's show. At one point, Andrew was like, oh, we're just giving LRB material yep. now at this <laughs> just, point.
2: <laughs> I, think, I believe throwing red meat at LRB was yes. the- <laughs> Uh, and but that uh, Anne, please, for the love of God, take us to Tuesday <laughs> Tuesday is twenty one eighty
0: one Mister White America, and we say hello to Phyllis Fletcher. hey, Phyllis, It's, it's such a joy to hear her voice on TVtL, mm-hmm. and we get the episode title almost immediately when we find out that Mr. White America is outside mowing the lawn. <laughs> Uh, and that's a phrase from Phyllis's mom, which is just so perfectly descriptive, of <laughs> Mr. White America. Mm-hmm. And we find out in other host chat that Andrew is going to Costa Rica in February for his first international trip that is not Mexico or Canada. So I guess his first trip out of North America, which um, I don't know. It seems like anybody who's worked for public radio should have traveled a little bit more than he has, but he's such a homebody. But of course they're going to um, take the safest route and stay in a nice resort. So they'll be getting out into the rest of the world, but not too much,
2: just enough. It'll basically just be like Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I've never been to Costa Rica and I've never been to Mexico, so I can't say for sure, but Uh, My instinct is that a resort in Costa Rica is probably not, what, it's probably a little bit warmer. (laughs) Uh, But otherwise, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine it's significantly different than a resort in Mexico.
0: My only only trip to Mexico was across the border at Nogales for the afternoon, uh, being followed around by Mexican street vendors shouting, buy something for your boyfriend, senorita supermodel. And I was so <laughs> uncomfortable. Wow. You didn't just want to bask in that for a little while? No, because I knew it was ridiculous. <laughs> if you're going to say it, at least make it be true. <laughs> All right. So they uh, they spend... Um, most of this episode off and on uh, visiting the idea of tomorrow's show and what they're going to do for a TBTL um, field trip. So um, they talk about man-on-the-street interviews, and Phyllis tells some interesting stories about her early experiences uh, doing man-on-the-street or people-on-the-street, I guess, if we're going to be politically correct. And somebody saying to her, I don't like your face or the way you talk. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) just terrible. If that was me, I would never go back. I would be like, and "No, I'm done. That's, I'm done. That's fine. And uh, Andrew talks about when he had uh, the radio job as a student and he was covering a Klezmer music festival. Excuse me, I and- believe you mean Kelsmer. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and he embarrassed himself <laughs> by pronouncing it Kelsmer when he was talking to people. Oh, that's so... There's another one where I would pull the covers over my head and never, ever come out again because I'd
1: be so mortified. That's an O, O Andrew. That is
2: classic O, Andrew. Can I interject with with a note about klezmer music? I don't know how familiar a lot of people are with klezmer music. I imagine some more than others. Um, It is deeply rooted in Jewish culture and heritage and oftentimes includes performers um, who are particularly conservative in the Jewish faith, including, um, you know, cantors and the like, and the audiences are often also extremely conservative Jews. (laughs) Um, And this is not to say it's a a problem with with Jews when you make this mistake to them, but you're talking about people who are kind of old-fashioned and um, very particular in what they like. You know, the audience is their P1s for klezmer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, People aren't casually like, oh, let's go to a concert tonight. Oh, there's a Klezmer concert.
0: That sounds fun. (laughs)
2: Right. People are going to a Klezmer concert, really want their Klezmer concert. And so you picked a group of people who are all super into what they're doing to mispronounce the thing they love. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, Andrew.
0: Top story is Olympics talk again. And um, Phyllis has a little budding Olympian on her hands, as Gus does swimming, diving, gymnastics, and soccer. Uh, And they talk about his diving lessons, which sound really cute. And it made me wish that I had taken diving lessons when I was a kid. I'm a good swimmer, but um, diving would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Then they go to this Teen Vogue quiz, because we all know that Andrew likes his quizzes on point. Uh, to determine what type of Olympic sport that they should play. And my very favorite part of this was when they were doing the question about what they should wear, and Phyllis says, I'll pick a white pantsuit because it's dramatic. <laughs> yep. And the results were that uh, Andrew should be in archery and Phyllis should play badminton, and neither one of them seems to feel that that's an accurate choice, so they kind of decide that they should swap. Right, And I know, Meredith, you and I both took this quiz as well.
1: Yes, and I also got badminton. As did I. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's fine. I
0: I think it's kind of fun to watch a little bit. Not
2: that they show it on NBC.
1: Yeah, we played it in my backyard a lot when I was a kid, and I kind of enjoyed it.
2: My high school girlfriend and I would go out in her backyard and play badminton for hours. (laughs) Such as Suburban Life Uh, And this would be starting early in the morning once her father had mowed the lawn, because as I think of it, her father was Mr. White America. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did not take this quiz because I didn't think to take it earlier in the week, and when I just tried to take it a few minutes ago, I'm pretty sure it froze our recording up. (laughs) So, uh, let's just assume I would have gotten Badminton too, because it sounds like this was pretty basic of a quiz. (laughs) The scientists over at Teen Vogue. (laughs) yes.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I think that badminton falls into that class of recreational sports in the Olympics that you feel like, yeah, I could do that, mm-hmm. but it's the best one because, I mean, what are the other ones? Uh, table tennis. Yep. Um. Okay, so I came up with two: running,
2: <laughs> shooting, That's, running and shooting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speed walking. Speed walking, which has a really high level of disqualifications. Does uh, it? It's, it's, I, I believe it is fairly easy to get screwed on speed walking. Everyone thinks they could do speed walking, but if you bend your knees too much, you're out. Oh, yeah, running. It running. has
0: that. It has that funny gait, and it's like they have a very specific, like heel to toe movement that I find fascinating. Right. Yeah, they look like they're having a stomach problem, and they're walking really quickly to the bathroom. Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, competitive shuffling.
0: Mm-hmm. So all in all, yeah, I'm pretty. Uh, happy that I got
2: badminton. Uh, So I want to interrupt here um, because I wanted to ask this on Monday, but we waited until now. If you had to be quantum leapt into a sport, what would it be?
0: I would quantum leap into volleyball.
2: Okay. You think you could hold your own at least enough to not completely look out of place a little bit? I mean,
0: Oh, Oh, I would embarrass myself plenty, but
2: (laughs) (laughs) beach or indoor.
0: Uh, Mm. I hadn't considered that. They, I guess I was thinking beach, because that's the one that they show all the time, but probably indoor right. would be better for me. More clothing. Beach is a million times harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't like running around in that sand.
2: You have mm-hmm. a fair amount of team coverage. Now, Andrew, didn't Andrew enter basketball on this? Mm-hmm. Because he thought he would have the cover of a team, or he could just ride the bench the <laughs> whole time. I imagine volleyball also has a bench for indoor, because... You know, there's enough players there that there's probably some room for substitutions. I have not watched any indoor volleyball, so somebody tell me if I'm wrong. Or don't. That's okay too. Um, <laughs> they, no, they but do you have, probably bench have a players. minimal role on indoor. Okay. And they rotate, right? So, like, you wouldn't have to do everything much. hmm.
0: Yeah. And I'm tall, so it works. Yeah. And it's the one sport that I don't totally suck at.
2: <laughs> uh, Meredith, do you have a, an Olympic sport you could quantum leap into?
0: well not successfully no but
1: i i would like to do diving that looks like so much fun i'm sure i would just belly flop like that one guy did i <laughs> yeah,
2: did um if so, oh, he can so be in painful. the olympics i
1: can be the olympics <laughs> so i volleyball is the one sport that i did play in middle school um because i'm tall i think it worked out i was pretty good at it so i could do that but i think diving looks like a lot of fun and i wouldn't really care if i made a fool of myself <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i guess we're in that point yeah um I, uh, the shooting sports, I would go to riflery, um, especially anything where you're shooting from the prone position, because then you're literally just (laughs) laying down and shooting a rifle. (laughs) Like, if you're bad, it's going to be embarrassing, but the action of being bad is going to look exactly like the action of being good at it, because you're not moving.
0: You're you're holding
2: your breath and shooting. (laughs) But
0: you don't want to do the biathlon, right? Which no, is no, no, no. skiing and then shooting because oh, there's cardio in that that really affects things.
2: Yeah. No, yeah, no, none of the sports where I have to also be athletic. <laughs> <laughs> just just target shooting. Uh, actually, in <laughs> fact, the air rifle one, I think you can do just prone in. So sure, give me a BB gun, um, and that's not to diminish air rifle. It's not easy. Um, but I shot rifles for years, Boy Scout camp, etc. I think even though I'm a little rusty, I could probably do okay. Not world class. I would come in last, um, but I would hit the I would hit the target. <laughs> like I would hit the paper down there.
0: Yeah, that's all you really want. Right. Just hit the paper. All right. Slow Television is a big thing in Norway and lucky for us, it's now being added to Netflix, which I knew that we were all waiting for. And so, uh Andrew was fascinated by this. He puts on the seven-hour train show, and they have it running throughout the background of the segment. Um, He watched part of a four-hour knitting competition, which he thought was too fast. (laughs) This does not belong on slow TV. (laughs) And he very charmingly calls it yarning, which made a lot of Crafty Tens very happy. (laughs) Yep. And so they have a discussion about the point of slow television. And uh, Phyllis made a very good point, I thought, in that it's more about following the process instead of highlighting a particular moment or driving towards a climax of some sort. And they talk about how it would be a great thing to watch with a little kid, especially like the train stuff.
2: Mm -hmm. Did somebody mention... um these long YouTube videos of garbage trucks. Yes. yes. And people throwing garbage. I had never heard of this until they mentioned it, but just last weekend, Sam and I were at a baseball game, and we were in a suite, not to brag, at a Pawtucket Red Sox game. (laughs) And um, a friend of ours uh, brought her kids, and the younger kid was clutching an iPhone. And this is what was on it, is it was people throwing bags of garbage into the back of a garbage truck, And I thought maybe it was just a scene from something, and then I look over a few minutes later, and it's still more bags being thrown into this garbage (laughs) truck. (laughs) And it just keeps going. (laughs) And I had no idea what it was, but then sure enough, they mentioned the same thing. Apparently this is a thing. I still know nothing about it.
1: I never heard of this either, but I gotta say, when I was a little kid, watching the garbage get crushed was like my favorite thing in the world.
0: Those stories show up every once in a while on the internet. Something goes viral about how much the the two-year-old idolizes the garbage men, and then they have Mm -hmm. an interaction, and everybody's really happy, and everybody says, oh, people are so wonderful.
2: Yeah, our garbage men are usually smoking when they come by, (laughs) (laughs) and then half the time throw our garbage cans into the street (laughs) when they're done
1: ours pick through our trash and if we haven't laid it out exactly perfectly they leave it for the next time.
2: Uh-huh. What? I know. They're really really
0: specific. <laughs> the judgmental garbage collectors. They are. I feel very
1: judged every time I go and get the cans back.
2: Have any of you um have any of you sat and watched how it's made? It's not this not in a while. It's this it, yeah, it's this TV show where a narrator walks through the assembly process of like a product or something. And there's a lot of machining and automated cutting and like it, it changes a lot depending on what they're making in that episode, but it's like a 15 minute documentary and it's always got like a weird techno beat music underneath it. Um, It's the same kind of thing. And I could sit and watch that for hours. So I'm just, that sounds kind of meditative. Yeah. um, The only other thing I thought of with this is a, a holiday tradition in our household that has expanded to any time people are over for like an evening and I want to have a little background noise, I'll put on the burning log DVD. (laughs) You have a DVD? Well, I somewhere, but really what I use is there's a Netflix, there's a Netflix special of the burning log.
1: Oh, and there's a
2: couple of different versions of it. So if you want more popping, you can get the birch log.
1: (laughs) I've put that on when our fireplace was broken. Yeah.
2: It's soothing.
0: Mm hmm. God, who knew this was a whole industry? (laughs) Wow. You should look into it. I guess I will.
2: Next time you throw a classy party, put that on the TV, people
0: will be impressed. It's kitschy. Uh, Well, there's the first problem is the lack of any parties, classy
2: or not. (laughs) Oh, Oh,
1: what should we we watch at my house, guys? The train
0: show or the yarning show? (laughs)
2: Oh, (laughs) we've got so much slow TV to choose from. We'll have to check it out. Okay, Moving into emails
0: uh, We are saved Uh, Andrew's mystery song Has been identified And I'm actually shocked That several people Were able to identify this From the phrase he sang But the first was Ashley On Facebook Who identified this song as Peebo Bryson If ever you're in my arms again And actually Andrew was Pretty close with uh, his brief rendition, and he's very proud of himself for getting so close. And um, then they go through a thing where they have to play one, and then the other, and then the one, and then the other, and then the one, and then the, and then the other. <laughs> Trying to hit the buttons at the same time with two with the same mouse? Yes, mostly because <laughs> Phyllis is convinced that Andrew's uh, even singing it in the right key. And I have to say, I love you, Phyllis, but No. No. <laughs> The uh, the people Bryson version was in C sharp, and I believe Andrew was singing in A. At least he was down a major third, but he was in harmony. So there we go.
2: Yeah, that's perfectly acceptable. He was <laughs> yeah. adding his own something to it. Um, mm-hmm. All Andrew had to do was drop these two files in GarageBand and play them over each other. <laughs> that's all he, had he to was do.
1: doing it on the fly. Yep. And all uh, right, I moving think on. on. Yep, that takes Tuesday Sorry. to Wednesday. Okay, Wednesday, 2182, Space Cadet Resting Face. <laughs> Such a good title. Uh, the episode opens with Andrew in the car. He's picking up Phyllis at her house, um, and she has a cute house. And then he immediately just says, like, well, you're driving my car now. <laughs> by the way, it has no clutch. <laughs> um, luckily, she can drive a stick. Um, they they cover their um, recording strategy, what they're going to do once they get to the bowling alley, because that's what they've settled on. Um, how are they going to enter? Are they going to tell anyone they're recording? Are they going to wear the headphones or not? Big microphones tend to weird people out, I guess. So um, they kind of settle on just covertly walking in and starting to record themselves. Um, we get a lot of discussion about their pull tab plan, their outfit plan. <laughs> Phyllis is wearing a Wonder Woman shirt, jeans, and bowling socks. So she's really, really prepared. And so she's, wearing, she's wearing the Wonder Woman shirts for extra confidence. And I applaud that decision. Um, and Andrew says that most of the time when he's bowling, he's looking at people's asses. <laughs>
0: Well, you can't avoid it. But the question is whether you're looking in judgment or not, which I never am. I don't care. No, no, I don't either.
2: But I guess they're kind of right there. I'm all about form when it comes to mm. watching bowlers. I'm making sure that you know, their feet are the right width apart and their approach is correct. I never once thought of it as staring at someone's ass.
1: Mm-mm. Me neither.
2: <laughs> um, Meredith, were you getting flashbacks of this bowling alley? yes because this is the same bowling alley that we went to for Holmes gets wise bowling night just a yes. couple of weeks ago yep and uh it was great my guess is that it's just as crappy as it was for us <laughs> <laughs> it
0: yeah. doesn't surprise me that it was busy in the middle of the no, day no not at all <laughs> but really how many high class bowling alleys are there that's true i mean alley is in the title <laughs> that's
1: true <laughs> it's very true.
0: Um, Phyllis
1: reveals that she's a serious bingo fiend. This is something I didn't know about her. Apparently she's like gotten herself into a couple jams <laughs> playing bingo. Um, so she's up for gambling with the pull tabs. Um, Andrew doesn't know how bowling's scored. There's no way for it to know. I, I, I got to say, this reminded me of high school. I went to a poor public school and gym class was often walking down to the bowling alley and bowling. Uh, for an hour and a half. And our final exam was
0: how do you score bowling? Oh, (laughs) It's really just that final frame that's tricky, isn't it? it, Well, sort of.
1: I mean, if you get strikes, things start to add up. Yeah, it gets a little fuzzy. It does. It does. So I had to really memorize that at some point to ace my gym final exam.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We also bowled. Um, I can't remember it being much of a challenge, Sam and I went bowling a few weeks ago. I think I mentioned it on the show. There's a factory building in Pawtucket, an old factory building that's been turned into, you know, a pickle and mustache emporium or something. And the top floor <laughs> is a is an old time um, candle pin or duck pin, actually, bowling. So the ball is smaller and you hold it in your hand and you heave it. very New England thing. And mm-hmm. the pins are these fat, short duck pins and they're hand set by pin setters. Um, the story is that this was built for the factory for breaks for the staff to have something to do. Um, so they call it break time bowling and it's a fun setup and it is a cool place, but the scoring, they just have a clipboard with sheets full of score sheets on each lane and you're just doing it. Um, and I remembered how, which was comforting, but it definitely took me a minute to be like, Oh, whoa, Mm -hmm. wait a minute. (laughs) Um, and they actually score slightly differently. There are three boxes. It looks a little bit different than 10-pin regular bowling, so Sam had to coach me through that part because it's just a New England variant. But um, it comes back quick. That's the comforting part. It's still easier than using those damn computers with the joystick. Yes,
1: <laughs> that's true. Um, moving on, they're still in the car. Uh sounds like they have a pretty long drive, and... Uh, it- Andrew talks about their radio days when Andrew would sometimes interact with Phyllis. And Phyllis says that Andrew always looked, always had his game face on, always was Sasha fiercing it up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And that led Phyllis to tell us about how she tends to have a space cadet face when she's concentrating and a story about how when she was in some sort of training session the 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 teacher actually asked if she was tracking what he was saying because she looked so spaced out. (laughs) Um, But we got her whole KUOW KUOW origin story, which was really interesting. And I'm impressed that she was able to do this while driving around Seattle in a car with no
0: clutch. So way to go, Phyllis. I know they made some reference to, I don't know, a red light or something, and I was like, oh, wait, they're driving! Yeah, yeah, right. I kind of forgot,
2: too. Yeah, it was pretty flawless. Um, usually when the guys are driving, that's all they're talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really enjoyed Phyllis's origin story. All I could think while she was telling it is it should be titled How Phyllis Got Her Groof Back. <laughs> alternate show title uh, going from being the area of software <laughs> to so, the, good. so good to the uh, to the public radio baggage she is now
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, They wind up eventually at Kenmore Lanes and they start to bowl. And neither of them are doing great. Uh, they tend to narrate each other's shots, and <laughs> nobody's doing super well. Um, but Andrew ends up kind of winning. And then they, they run into the guy next door. They talk about how the kid next to, on the lane next to them is kind of glaring at him, giving him the stink eye. And I think it's this kid's dad, right, who they end up talking that's to? That's what it I sounded so. like, yeah. Papa from Costa Rica. Since That's convenient, since Andrew's going there. And his advice to them is knock down more pins. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a real it's a real John Madden strategy right there. It's
1: yeah, the thanks player, a lot,
2: Papa. The player who knocks down more pins wins at the end of the game. Strategy suck less, yeah. right?
1: <laughs> but I think all is redeemed because they move on to pull tabs and Phyllis wins $50. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
2: Aiden.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Sorry, Aiden.
1: Um, and then they have slushies. Andrew gets Dr. Pepper, and Fletch got sucre 's flavor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That rings a bell. I, it was actually called Siberian Chill, but I think I like her description better. Yeah.
0: I just um, don't trust flavors where you can't identify what it is. I mean I mean, apparently, now we know Siberian chill tastes like Sucrets, but how are you supposed to be able to gauge anything before you buy it? I don't have many positive associations with Siberia.
2: <laughs> Andrew actually mentions this on Friday, too, how it used to not drink Gatorade that was named after flavors that like don't exist to their colors. Yeah, that don't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Or or the
0: other thing that bothers me is candle scents. At my second job, that we have a candle scent called gratitude. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> that's not a scent.
2: No. Yeah, I don't know what the smell of thankful relief is. But uh I guess what's the opposite of flop sweat? I guess that's the smell of gratitude. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh gross! Oh, and i should mention that of course andrew's bowling name was hard rain yes right
2: it's become ex- increasingly relevant in.
1: yes exactly <laughs> um they move on to emails i uh, uh sarah a listener who seems to know who gus and phyllis are and she confirms that it looks like sarah's kid and gus went gus's gus went to the same daycare um and then there's an email from Jason talking about 3D glasses and how much they suck, and I tend to agree. They give me a headache. Yep. Me too. Not a big fan.
0: And he um, wants to know if Andrew's embarrassed by wearing 3D glasses, and I'm like, but it's not like you wear them when you walk around, and it's not <laughs> like you're the only one. Right. Everybody Who cares is wearing. if You're in the theater and it's dark. It's not
1: embarrassing. Right. That's one thing Andrew at least isn't embarrassed about. Right. <laughs> one thing. <laughs> Yeah. Um Phyllis uh tells us that Gus went to the Felix Hernandez perfect game with daycare. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was a day game.
1: Yep. Lucky Gus. And then Andrew talks about being invited to see the Mariners, but he was recording after these messages and it turned out to be a 5 hour 15 inning game and he's kind of bummed that he didn't go.
2: I wanted to chime in on this. Um as on July 3rd, I was at a 16 inning minor league baseball game. Um uh it, it's nothing to be bummed about um they stop selling booze generally speaking uh after the 7th inning stretch they mm-hmm. don't start selling booze again if the game keeps <laughs> going because it can right. end pretty much at any moment at least in the you know at the bottom halves of the innings it could end at any moment um so what it ends up being is a painful sobering process the players <laughs> are getting worse as your buzz is wearing off it's not, it It wouldn't have been worth it to be there. <laughs> Even in a suite, it wouldn't have been worth it to be there. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's all I got for Wednesday. <clears throat> all right, let's move on to Thursday, uh, 2183. A Boy Named Sue Chef, <laughs> which is extremely accurate. <laughs> and uh, the opening drop sequence is all food themed and i wrote a note down that it was awesome and andrew just really does such good work on these opening drop montages yes he does yeah so, Andrew and Genevieve are in her car, which were confused as to whether it's a VW Passat or a Golf, or I should say Andrew is confused. <laughs> Genevieve <laughs> has a pretty firm grasp on what kind of car she drives, and they're heading to Sean's house for the Cooking with Sean Picky Eaters edition. So, they review the food restrictions that Andrew talked about with... Uh, Sean before, and we hear some additional ones from Genevieve. And of course, he's got the cheesy, creamy fish bananas. He adds, "Well, I agree with him on the bananas." By the way, that's gross. Uh, he adds eggplant and organ meats because <laughs> they're really
2: worried that <laughs> Sean was going to do organ
0: meat. Organ meats, yes, that's a high probability of Sean mm-hmm. choosing that. Although you never know. Her issues are with pork beets, and summer squash. Uh, Andrew reveals that the other day he had some French onion soup that had melted cheese on the top that he thought was mozzarella, but that turned out to be Gruyere. So he excitedly adds it to his list of <laughs> melted cheeses that he I is love that comfortable half, eating. Half of his discussion was about his exceptions to these rules. <laughs> right. <laughs> He was also very excited that he ate some aioli the other day. Which is just fancy mayonnaise. Yep. Fancy mayonnaise, yes. So, I, I mean, I think we can all agree that these are mostly psychological dislikes, right? It seems less yes, about. Because the, if, he, if he doesn't know he's eating them, he can eat he's them. He's fine. Yeah, it's definitely less about the taste and more about the texture.
2: Right. And I appreciate that. I'm on the same page with bananas, but. Um, you know, sometimes you just got to get over it.
0: Yeah, I, bananas are the one things that I really actively try to avoid, and I have a few other things that I don't care for, but I'll eat them. That's not that big of a deal. I mean, right. like, Genevieve can eat pork. She just doesn't want to, clearly. <laughs> so proven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, so arriving at Sean's, we find out that the dish he's making is sausage with white beans and tarragon. And the recipe is from realsimple.com. Somebody posted it. It looks like a nice recipe. And at this point, he says, my favorite line of the whole entire week, <laughs> it's Italian sausage. So it's not pork. <laughs> <laughs> it's made of Italians. <laughs> and of course, pork can be made from any number of Animals and meat parts, but the default really is
2: pork. Sa- sausage, say, uh, sausage can be uh, yes. made. Yeah, yes. just because I Thank don't want you. anyone to sharpshoot. Somebody's halfway through writing an email already.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. So this made me think about Jurassic Park, and you know the part in Jurassic- <laughs> Here I go, the part in Jurassic Park where they're talking about sequen- sequencing the dinosaur. DNA, the dino DNA, and they talk about wherever they had gaps, they just put frog DNA in there. And Mm -hmm. I feel like Sean has all this data, but every once in a while, he just substitutes some frog DNA (laughs) in there. And then what he gets is this just really interesting thought process that makes me love him so much. And then, you know, the dinosaurs escape and they eat us all and my metaphor breaks down. (laughs) <laughs> but he has he he just seems to have something else going on in his brain that allows him to make these leaps that make him unescapably Sean, and I appreciate it so much. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so then I was mildly horrified when he talked about um, pouring grease down the kitchen sink drain. Oh, me too. I mean that's. That's bad, yes. right? That can cause all kinds yeah,
1: and of problems. I can see not caring about it as a renter. But now that I'm a homeowner, I absolutely never, ever, ever do that because
0: I'm going to have to pay to fix that drain. Yep. Right. And I guess it's marginally better to pour hot grease in the dumpster. I, I mean, I don't know exactly what the problems that would arise. It seems like there would be a splatter, um, problem. Or a perhaps. fire problem. Yeah.
2: Well, there is that. Uh, in lieu of a jar, um, I have on occasion let it cool a little bit and then uh, poured it out onto like old paper bags or newspaper or paper towels into the garbage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you have to let it cool. Um, obviously, a jar is the best choice. Or just let it completely harden and cool and then just wipe it out. Right. Yeah, that's normally use, what I do. Yeah.
1: I use a can, like an old can. Sure. Um, then I can just throw it away if I really don't feel like dealing with it. I usually will try to empty it out and recycle the can, but it's an option to just toss it then if you don't feel like it.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, that, it, that concerns me just a little bit, that yeah. he, he is either pouring hot grease down the sink or hot grease into the dumpster. But at least the dumpster is conveniently located. Yes, outside his door, <laughs> which is where you want your dumpster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they they go on, and of course, Sean cooks the recipe for us uh, during the episode, and they talk about um, how fancy they feel, how excited they feel when they understand these cool cooking terms and instructions, uh, and that's after they've puzzled uh, about what cutting on the bias means. <laughs> and uh, was that Sean that said cutting on the dais or was that Andrew? I think it was Andrew. I think, Andrew. Oh, I think <laughs> so. <laughs> that was, yeah. That's and a different thing. So they have what turns out to be a delicious dinner. And they enjoy it. And Veeves is not bothered enough by the pork to not eat it. And uh it's really good is the verdict. Sounds really good.
2: Yeah. It sounds um not terribly challenging and good. Mm-hmm. So dinner time
0: conversation uh is marriage talk and um how people continually expect them to Uh, change their minds about getting married. And this arises when Sean kind of makes a joke about that very thing. When you two kids going to get hitched and uh, talks about how much he hates that when people do it to him. And I, I don't know, obviously I'm not married, but I don't understand why people are so invested in other people getting married.
2: Social norms. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. I try not to ask people that. Um, I think, You know, Meredith and I both being married probably can't answer that as effectively as we can answer the "When are you going to have kids?" question, (laughs) which follows in the exact not not being Meredith, but each of us with our 11s would be. Bobby, when are we going to have kids? I'm working. I'm coming (laughs) down there in two weeks. Um, All right. You know, uh, same kind of thing. Like it's just this social norm where uh, people just people just assume. That you are going to have kids until you decide that you're not. And Sam and I were just talking about this yesterday on the drive back from a three-year-old's birthday party. Um, Why isn't it the other way around? Like, the default state is you don't have children. So why isn't it... That's a good point. Why isn't it the active choice to have children versus the active choice to not have children?
1: Now you're in for it. Is everything okay? The
2: police apparently agree with me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of people really do change their minds, or they never want kids, and then, oops, they had one, and they're cool with it.
2: Right. So I hear a lot of people say, I never wanted kids, but... It's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And I'm not... I I did just say that pretty mockingly, but I don't actually mean to mock that. If that makes you happy, that's great. But uh, people just... I don't know. We're still hung up on these very um, classic uh, family dynamic things about marriage and kids. Uh, Yeah. Sorry, people. Uh, Sam gets it more than I do still with the kids talk. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I, you know, we've talked about, uh, I have a, I have a, I finally scheduled a physical for the first time in like four years and it's in December because that's how far out doctors schedule physicals. Um, And I just told her, like, I should have the vasectomy conversation in December with the doctor because um, that would put our foot down on where we stand Mm -hmm. on that with everyone who asks. Mm.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it also brings up kind of a good point about this question, which is why are you asking me so much about my genitals? Like, do you want me to tell you? Like, I'll tell you all about the vasectomy. I'll tell you about getting my tubes tied. Like, if you really want to hear. (laughs) And that tends to shut people up if you start talking about, you know,
2: uh rubber meets the road fertility. Right. Now we just need to find the marriage equivalent of that and we'll be all set. Mm-hmm. All right. Excellent.
0: Uh the other interesting conversation that they have during dinner is uh about Andrew's encounter at the grocery store on the way to Sean's house. They stopped to pick up some Chateau Saint Michelle. And Andrew um I don't know that we would call it an encounter necessarily, but there was a guy who was uh, staring in the booze aisle, uh, and Andrew realized that he was uh, in some stage of attempting to steal a big bottle, a big bottle, he said, of Jack Daniels, and so he went and notified uh, a clerk, who then did whatever they did and, and took care of it. And he feels like this was sort of an ethical dilemma, like he feels guilty for having narked on this guy who is possibly down on his luck. And um, what I want to say about this is that they constructed a whole fantasy of this person and his motivations for doing this. It's all it of, oh, he was a bit disheveled, so, you know, he must have been on very hard times and he's probably an alcoholic and so he stole this to feed his addiction I feel bad because he's in a tough way and I thought you don't know that you don't know any of this and so you've constructed a, a fantasy scenario where you feel guilty about um, blocking this guy's attempts to do something illegal and it's nothing that's going to hurt anybody else or have huge consequences, but still illegal. So I guess I'm sort of black and white enough that I don't think that this was an ethical dilemma at all. I don't
1: either. There's no downside to turning this guy (laughs) Mm -mm.
2: in. Based on the way they were talking about him, it sounded like a cartoon caricature. Like, this guy just hopped off a boxcar that rolled into town, (laughs) and he's got his bindle and he's staring yep. at the liquor, and his eyes are bulging out of his head, <laughs> and his tongue is hanging out of his mouth, slobbering, and hes he's got a thought bubble coming up over his head, and there's a fork and a knife and a giant bottle of Jack Daniels in the middle. <laughs> like... Uh, who cares what the guy's backstory is? Like, I feel bad for the guy. Hopefully, uh, I I feel bad for the guy for whatever motivation drives him to steal a giant bottle of JD. So, right. uh, Hopefully the cops come, they sober him up. He gets sentenced to counseling. Like, like hope, you know, I know that's not how the world really works. I know it's a terrible situation in general with, with this kind of stuff. So that's not the way it's probably going to happen, but I hope that's the way it's going to happen. And, you know, we need to support the infrastructure that makes that possible, not think maybe we should let this guy steal a bottle of Jack Daniels. That doesn't fix anything. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I was on the same page. I was like, there's no dilemma here. <laughs> like, You caught you someone shoplifting. That raises the prices of all the food at the QFC. It makes the employees, you know, it hurts the employees. It hurts the store. He was breaking the law. There's no question there.
1: And I think Sean tried to make him feel a little guilty. He's like, that guy was going to take that bottle and have the best night of his life. (laughs) Shut Shut up.
2: (laughs) That guy was stealing a loaf of whiskey to feed his family. (laughs) (laughs) He's the Jean Beljean of the QFC.
0: (laughs) Yep. So they talked about this in the context of forming relationships with store employees and sort of uh, noodle around the idea that the reason that uh, Andrew was... Um, interested to to tell people about this because this is a QFC that they go to frequently, they know the people, they've formed relationships with the people. Um, maybe so, maybe not. But um, I there was a little thing that happened in here that kind of pushed my buttons a little bit. It was the first time I've ever been a little bit uh, miffed at Veeves for something that she said. They were talking about how um, Sometimes how the store employees can be just as off-kilter as the patrons a little bit. And Vive said, quote, it's not your master's degree holders who are working there, unquote. And as somebody Ooh. who has a master's degree and who worked full-time in retail for almost six years, I was like... Hmm. And she may be correct. I would say in general, most people who uh, work in retail probably don't have master's degrees, but you never know exactly what people's backgrounds is. And so it put me in mind of this story. So I on a on a saturday that was had been really trying we'd had some difficult customers i was so exhausted and i stopped at the video store on the way home yes this was back in the days of video <laughs> stores and i was in line with my movie and there were two clerks working and they were having problems both of them like there was one person who was trying to bully one of the clerks into doing something she wasn't supposed to do and the other one was having a very involved um, discussion with the customer so the line was kind of long and I don't care I was just standing there and waiting and I tuned into the conversation of the two guys behind me and one of them says see this is what I was talking about before I mean, everybody has to have a job even high school dropouts and you know what they all work in customer service <sighs> and um, I did something that I've never done before and never done since I felt something break in my brain and I turned around and I said to him I'm sorry But I have a master's degree and I work in customer service. And the guy goes, uh, well, but, um, uh, I mean, not everybody. And I said, yeah, that's right. Just most of us are idiots. And I turned around and there was dead silence all the way down the back of the line. And then I was like, oh, my God, what did I do? What did I do? What did I just do? I just totally made this guy feel terrible. And I almost turned around and said, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. But then I thought, nope, I'm just going to let that lie. Good so that's you. just my caution to everybody that and you don't you- know what people's situations are. So maybe that clerk does have a master's degree.
1: I'm glad you did that. And then did you have to stand there for 15 minutes awkwardly with those people right behind you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's what keeps me from doing things like that. Yeah. But I had absolutely no idea why why I did that. But did you say anything about the vagabond shoving DVDs down his pants? <laughs> I did not. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> I forget if this came up on the show. There's been con- updated talk, regular talk about high school bud on Twitter. Um, I also follow a very similarly toned account uh, called The Last Blockbuster. Oh, I've heard of that. It's pretty mm-hmm. great. <laughs> Just speaking of video stories, I give them a plug. Um, if if my Twitter would load, I can uh, yeah at Lone Blockbuster. Uh, their last tweet: "There's a time and a place for heavy petting. Right now, and our checkout line are not either of them." <laughs>
0: Now is that store still actually open or is it just the Twitter account at this point? Is there uh, really I, one blockbuster
2: left? <laughs> I believe I believe this is just a parody account, but you know, who, right. who am I to uh uh judge? I was in a store, a grocery store somewhere recently, where they had a box of like paper DVD sleeves and they were from a blockbuster and they were being sold. It was like a weird knockoff grocery store. And I took a picture of it and I tweeted at these guys and I was like, you still have competition (laughs) (laughs) being undercut by this. Um, And they kindly, I think, uh, liked it for me. Uh, Using a fake blockbuster card is not only illegal, it's immoral. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sometimes we'll get excited when cars pull into our lot, but then it turns out they're just divorced parents passing along their children. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. It's all right. good account. So Load Blockbuster.
0: Does anybody have anything else for Thursday?
2: Nope. Yeah. Uh, let's go on to Friday, twenty one eighty four, more of a drizzle. Uh which is a reference to Andrew's questionable bowling nickname. Uh Aaron Roden <laughs> uh of Air Raid podcast, air-rate.net is on the show co-hosting. This is recorded on Thursday night. Andrew is slappy and Aaron is woke. (laughs) Good lord. And I can tell they're slappy because Aaron references the Sailing Away song uh, for Background Bed for his Big News, which leads them to a Christopher Cross song, but not the obvious (laughs) choice he was trying to sing, which is Come Sail Away by Sticks. And not rush. Sticks. (laughs) Um, I love it when uh, Andrew kept
0: saying, yeah, you'll know this. You'll know sailing. You'll know it. And Aaron's like, nope, nope, nope. And like one minute and 30 second (laughs) intro later, he's like, oh. Right.
1: (laughs) And nobody would sing it. Like, if they had just sung a bar, it would have been clear. But everyone was too nervous or self-conscious to sing us a, sing a line. Right.
2: And obviously, that's not Andrew's style. He'll sing anything on the show. <laughs> um, before we move ahead, I want to stop on a note that, that you guys, uh, Aaron and Theo, best buddies.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and Andrew seemed to dispute it. Yeah. Aaron's like, yeah, he he wanted to come hang out with me. And Andrew's like, no, nah, he was sleeping. <laughs>
0: I think well from every, everything we've heard about Theo makes you think that he would instantly attack
2: when right. somebody so, comes
0: in. So this is a different story. Even if he was sleeping, that's an improvement, right? Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Are you guys Air
0: Raid listeners? Mm-mm. I I think I've checked in a couple of times, but I'm just not really into music podcasts.
2: Right, and that's where I land too. I really like Aaron's Style, and I love it when he mm-hmm. appears on the other sort of Seattle shows. There's a you know the whole family of them. Um, his show I've gotten into intermittently, but I don't know him very well because I don't stay with it. And I, yeah, the music shows just don't interest me as much. Uh, but his style is really great. I appreciate him, and it doesn't surprise me at all that he would be a cat whisperer and just be able mm-hmm. to win Theo's trust like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, mentioning that crew, um, Aaron went to Vegas with Luke and Carrie for DJ Tuna's 40th birthday and a bunch of other friends, and they took a rare trip to the hotel pool... Uh, which they usually avoid for vanity reasons, but it was so damn hot. Which led to a conversation about peeing in the pool. <laughs> and my favorite quote of
0: the day when Aaron said, think about how much pee in a pool. And Andrew said, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: and the great myth of the pee chemical. Um, if you pee in the pool, it's going to turn purple and everyone's going to know it was you. And someone knows someone who saw this happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't believe Andrew still thinks this might be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I remember
1: being told that too. And it was oh. a good deterrent. Cause I was oh, like, well, yeah. I don't want anybody to know I'm peeing in the pool. Right.
2: Um, <laughs> the recollection of this South Park episode. I've actually seen a lot of South Park. I had seen some when I came into my current relationship, but Sam is a big South Park fan. And I have since seen all of them um i don't know if either of you have seen this but it's actually a water park a whole water park that (laughs) hits that hits a a super saturation of pee in its water and just (laughs) explodes
1: (laughs) i haven't seen that one it's Uh. pretty great
2: uh aaron's big news is that the any uh first you've heard it first on tbtl uh air raid podcast is um gonna be going away. Um, Aaron's got some family health issues. Um, I've heard more than what he said on TBTL, but I won't get into it more than that. That's what he chose to say on TBTL, but um, family issues, health issues, and the fact that he's booking these guests every week, so significantly harder than TBTL mm-hmm. or our show <laughs> to produce. Um, and and it's just it's consuming him. And I liked that he mentioned well, you know, if this was my full-time job... <laughs> right like luke and andrew uh he could keep it up but it's just too much he did mention uh, that he is going to be working on a movie podcast and one of my favorite moments of the week was andrew suggesting that he just slowly creep the mission of air raid to a movie podcast and that one day dj would just wake up and be like what am i listening to (laughs) so uh that's for you dj uh, top story from Friday uh, is that Andrew's been misquoting the movie Taxi Driver for years.
1: <laughs> I'm so surprised he didn't get shadow. Me on that. too. No kidding.
2: I guess we just don't have any hardcore Taxi Driver fans in our yeah. in the TBTL tens. Um, he has always called himself hard rain because a hard rain is going to come and wash the scum away, uh, but that's actually a real rain. And he's simply confusing it with the movie Hard Rain. Uh, Starring Christian Slater, it's probably just as good as Taxi Driver. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's no Chris Pine, but it's something. <laughs> <laughs> A real woke rain is going to come down. and It's got Randy Quaid in it. I want to go watch oh, that. Gosh. I've never seen it. I'll put, <laughs> I'm not putting it on my list.
1: Oh, yeah, do it. <laughs>
2: Uh, but this gets them they they play the trailer for hard rain and i see a note uh for don lafontaine who was the voice
0: yes don lafontaine the in a world guy <laughs> who who is dead he passed away a couple of years ago
2: yeah it's too bad yes, it is. and now everyone's just doing their best impression of don lafontaine right mm-hmm. uh pepsi clear i don't remember trying it but i do love fresca Thoughts? Yes,
1: not the same. It's
2: not the same.
1: (laughs) All right. Crystal Pepsi is disgusting. Fresca is great. Right.
2: Yeah. Fresca is the best. Um, Roden discouraged from buying a forty-something-dollar bottle of spray sunscreen from the gift (laughs) shop at the hotel.
1: Holy because cow. it was
2: organic,
1: which just really <laughs> burned
0: my butt. <laughs> well, and break? they set that up to be like, you'll never believe how expensive it was. And then when they said $48 or whatever, I was like, oh my
2: god. Like, even though I knew it was going to be outrageous, that was even more. I paid mm-hmm. $10 for a bottle of spray sunscreen from the shack at the beach a few weeks ago, and I was mad. Because <laughs> I know I could get it for six ninety-nine at CVS. Yeah, they do
1: this so the $28 bottle of non-organic doesn't seem that bad.
2: Yep. <laughs> Somebody's job is to just dust the $48 bottle <laughs> <laughs> Uh Obama's Spotify playlist, a story that Andrew just doesn't feel like talking about. Clearly. And then they
0: go on to talk about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it's an interesting point and an interesting conversation to have about how vetted that playlist must be. Because on one hand, Obama's a cool cat and has... Probably pretty decent music taste. We've learned that through the years because mm-hmm. even back from the campaign days, it was like, "What's on your iPod and all that mm-hmm. um, but on the other hand, like how do you how do you appeal to a core base of Democrats and how do you make sure you don't offend anyone um That's a really hard line to walk with music. People mm-hmm. are very and, personal about their music and how mm-hmm. do you make sure that you
0: get um songs that don't have secretly homophobic lyrics in them or not so
2: secretly well, yeah whichever so that's that i haven't listened to the playlist yet i should queue it up at some time because i enjoyed last year's um his his nighttime one is great is it as sexy as people say it is yes it is nice all right
1: he didn't try to it doesn't seem like he tried to appeal to anyone in that one
2: good uh that's probably the playlist he puts on when he goes out onto the dais and starts smoking some (laughs) cigarettes even though he's quit Yeah. yeah Uh, Aaron mentions his um, uh, relationship with Dungeons and Dragons, which has come up a few times recently on the show, which I'm only mentioning, so we can get his Dungeons and Dragons name out there. <laughs> Helpy Helperson. That's pretty great.
1: <laughs> I also love that Andrew was talking about he and Vives want to maybe get into D&D, but they're nervous. It's like they're swinging. Yeah. And so they need to find a safe place to be
2: introduced to D&D. Um, This is not uh, meant to uh, specifically offend Dungeons and Dragons fans. Um, But I have said this before. Anytime you put uh, that many sort of non-cool people in one place who are passionate about one thing, it's going to become an orgy. (laughs) (laughs) Just default. (laughs) Comic-Con.
1: So they can kill two birds with one stone. Right, stall.
2: exactly. <laughs> Work conventions. You always hear about, you know, um, and not, not for everyone, but like weird hookups and, mm-hmm. you know, because you're talking about people who suddenly know a lot about one another already because they share a passion. Um, mm-hmm. And that eliminates a lot of inhibition. Then throw on... And they're the, traveling and they're away from their Right. Then throw on the so- amount of booze that usually comes into play for any of these things. Mm-hmm. And you have a TBTL picnic. Oh, my God. (laughs) More on that in a minute. First, uh, we get a voicemail about a dream, but Aaron Roden interrupts because he's mad because a dream he had a year ago never made it onto the show despite texting it to Andrew. Aaron dreamed. I'm just going to explain it the way he explained it. Aaron dreamed that he was with Andrew. Aaron farted a football, not like a physical football, but like a football made of farts. (laughs) And threw it. To be caught oh, by comedian and friend Ron Funches. There's no, That's I don't right. have any way to um, recap that. It just is what it is. It's remarkably specific is what it is, and uh, I'm impressed.
1: But Andrew takes him to Dream Court, but I don't remember what the outcome was. I
2: think he just wanted to play the Dream Court uh, Okay. <laughs> and then I get the voicemail dream, uh, which is a listener whose name I suddenly can't remember. I'm sorry, uh, went dream bowling with Andrew and Phyllis, and the prize was to pick which, was it low-carb drink from a vending machine Luke would drink?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's been listening to too much TVTL. No, there's no mm-hmm. such thing.
2: Um, I will say this reminded me, though, uh, Kenmore Lanes, uh, we forgot to use the, um, uh, the blower test in the bar before we left. They had a they had like a one dollar vending machine that was your blood alcohol test.
1: Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> and I meant to try Shoot.
0: that.
1: Well, we Ubered. Otherwise, I probably would not right.
2: <laughs> I'm sure it's highly accurate. Oh, sure, <laughs> it's from the same scientists who work at Teen Vogue. <laughs> and do you really want to put your mouth on? I that? think you get a disposable Ooh. straw. Like I think it dispenses a straw and then you shove it on there or something. Mm-hmm. But still no. <laughs> Music for your weekend, Aaron brings a Seattle band named Sloucher with their song Waiting to Start. Andrew brings a Missy Elliott song, Joy. And um, Ivan, listener Ivan, uh, closes the show with Someone Still Loves You, Boris Yeltsin's Stepbrother City. That's your music for your weekend. And with that, Meredith, Some Housekeeping. All right. So as we mentioned earlier
1: in the show, we have a couple ways you can help us get out of some jams. If you want to, we're not pressing you, but you can go to our website and click on the shop button to buy stickers, and there's an option to donate. So you can just donate money if you want. You could also buy stickers, which are awesome. We have a little red bandwagon sticker and a 10 sticker. Um, You can also shop on Amazon. uh, the things that you buy kick us back a couple pennies. So if you use our link, which is littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon, then it's automatic and it doesn't cost you anything. So you can help us out of some jams that way. Um, Christy still wants the archive to be current by September 1st. We've all kind of let go of that dream, but there's no harm in trying. So archive, contact us to archive. Um, The Chateau-Saint-Michel picnic is August 31st. You should go RSVP on the Facebook event that TR made. Um, And then we've got a Dallas meetup at my house August 26th. See that event in the Dallas Text10's
0: Facebook page. And please, please, please RSVP. So much going on. I know. And if you'd like to get involved with the show, you can visit our website at littleredbandwagon.com for the aforementioned sticker purchases and uh, Amazon portal link. Um, You can visit our Facebook page. You can check us out on Twitter at LRB Podcast. You can send us an email at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com or you can send us a voicemail
2: Little Red Bandwagon is the place to be. Call and talk to Meredith or Christie, Bobby, Jeremy, Ann or Mike. They won't make you take a hike. 802-432-TBTL.
0: 802-432-8285. And I don't know if Nerd Out Loud is still on wedding hiatus or not.
2: Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Um, What I can tell you is that right now, as we record this on Sunday morning, um, Christy is on the tail end of a bridesmaids bachelorette weekend for another wedding that she's (laughs) in. And it sounds like several episodes worth of Nerd Out Loud content. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So here's hoping that she comes back around to talk about that at some point, because um, uh, shit show. It's the best way to describe what she's been telling us by chat all week, Yes, indeed. Um, And with that, I'll get us out of here. Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. Nailed it. I don't know that the freezing up was related to this, but I'm trying to launch that Teen Vogue quiz. Oh, it might be. (laughs) And it will not load. You were my (laughs) (laughs) once-in-a-lifetime...